0: the NRL, the fallout from troll Mitchell's high shot continues. We'll bring you the latest as the Roosters are whacked with $40,000 in fines, and South superstar fullback is hit the six. The Eels ended the Storms' record winning streak, so are Parramatta back in the Premiership race? Resigned Raider Jordan Brabender joins us live as Canberra's finals hopes go on the line one last time. Josh Morris joins Brent in retirement. But will the brothers one day form the ultimate NRL coaching duo? Thanks for joining us for Inside the NRL. Yes, plenty coming your way as we count down to the final regular season round of the competition, which sadly means this is the last weekend with eight games of footy to watch. The good news is I'm joined by two of the most argumentative men involved in rugby league, Jamie (laughs) Soward. Zach. How are you? Good, mate. And Michael Chambers from the Sydney Morning Herald. How are you? I don't argue. What are you talking about? No, you guys love each other, don't you? (laughs) All love this afternoon. They're guaranteed... Uh, But, I'll tell you what, they might be argumentative, but they both agree that on Friday night there was another fiery chapter in the book of feuds as the Roosters and the Rabbitohs reignited the game's greatest rivalry and both teams are feeling the pinch. The Roosters have today been hit with a proposed fine of $40,000 and here is why. Half of that was for Trent Robinson's comments in his post-match press conference A suspended $10,000 will be activated if the Roosters are found to have breached NRL rules regarding public commentary on match officials. The breach notice also proposes a further $10,000 for alleged abuse of match officials. The NRL is also continuing to investigate allegations a Sydney Roosters player had an altercation with a broadcast cameraman during the game. Now, Sowie, there's been so much, more than enough commentary about the bunker and how this was dealt with on-field by match officials, but let's focus on Latrell Mitchell and the impact this has on South Sydney. When you first saw the replay of Latrell Mitchell's hit on Joey Manu, what was your initial reaction? It didn't look good. Uh, I thought he was going to be sent off. I
1: was very surprised to see that he only got 10 in the bin, but with the force with which he hits Joe Marno's face really stood out for me and Latrell's an aggressive player and I love watching Latrell Mitchell but I just think this occasion you see him come in there and he gets it all wrong he's trying to put on a big hit and dislodge the ball but he just, it just went wrong it was just a, a real aggressive play and we've seen in the past players who would like to play nice and aggressive get it all wrong but yeah I was
0: surprised that he stayed on the field Michael, Grade 2 reckless high tackle, which has come with a six-week suspension. Do you agree with that, or is it too harsh?
2: Uh, on the night, I thought to myself, it's probably worth four or five weeks. I thought he deserved to see out the rest of the season. And the, and the fact that South Sydney haven't actually fought this and they're going to accept the, the six-week plea suggests that they don't think there are any chance, of, or any chance of getting off it. I think it's about right. He's got five weeks, plus loading takes him to six weeks. If he fought and lost, it would have been nine weeks. I think they made the right decision. I think they would have embarrassed the club. And I, I don't think they need, needed to put Latrell Mitchell through all that, going in there and fighting it and having look, the commentary around it for the next few days. It would have been detrimental to Latrell Mitchell. I think they've done the right thing. They've accepted it. They realise the consequences of what Latrell Mitchell did. People will say, oh, he didn't do it on purpose. That's It's irrelevant whether he intended to hit him in the head or didn't. He did look at the ramifications. He's now in hospital with a fractured cheekbone. Uh, look, it's, it's sad to see the way the, the season's ended for Latrell, but... Unfortunately, he plays the way he does. Sometimes you take a risk, and he's paid the price this time, and, and so have South Sydney.
0: Okay, so Lotrell has found himself in a similar situation earlier this year, Sowie. So, is it a defensive issue as a fullback? He doesn't know how to find him or get in the right position when he's defending as a fullback, or is he too aggressive? He's aggressive. Is there such thing as no,
1: aggressive? no, because you're playing a contact sport. I just think he's an aggressive style of player who's gotten it wrong. You know, the David Nofaluma one was a little bit different, I think. Yeah, this one's full strength, yeah, right there that's probably just silly from that's reckless that's, from the throttle that's, that's a
2: reflex thing
1: yeah though. that's that's just reckless from that but yeah you know, i'm looking at the the joe manu one to come in swinging around yeah that's frustration that's there's nothing to do with that aggression so uh two d- totally different incidents and two totally different results okay
0: so how does he make sure he doesn't find himself in this same well, position I, in yeah. 12 months time where it could cost himself or the team a spot in the finals i reckon wayne would have sat down with him and, and had
1: a heart to heart and said you know we didn't need you to do that at that stage in the game we didn't need you to do that you, know, you need to think bigger picture here because he's such an influential player not only for the Rabbitohs but for the game as well he's such a a big name in the NRL that he didn't need to do that he's such a great player so I think they would have had a heart-to-heart and next year he's going to have to taper it down otherwise he's going to spend even
2: longer on the field he's, he's the an field. alpha male Latrell Mitchell he, he would have seen Joe Manu coming. no malice intended and thought I'm gonna let you know that I'm here. And that's what he's done in this situation. And you know, he likes to let people know he's there and he's done it. And unfortunately, he's straight, he's gone high. And I don't think it's a it's a matter of, you know, I wanted to hurt this guy. They're very, very close friends. I think Luttrell's yeah. really remorseful in the aftermath. But at the end of the day, he you go that hard, he takes the risk. And people will argue oh, he shouldn't have gone that hard, or he, what else is he supposed to do? At the end of the day, there's a duty of care there to the players, and uh, Joey Marner didn't change direction there, he didn't deviate. Luttrell could have altered the way he defended there and, and didn't, so he'll pay the price. Now,
0: you spoke about all the talk. In, you know, This is all we've been talking about all weekend. We're three or four days on, but whenever Latrell decides to front the cameras, this is still going to be a topic. So should he front the cameras this week?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, look...
0: Because, I mean, if, if he doesn't talk now until January next year or February and whatever... He's yeah. gonna be Look, this the, matter isn't over until he fronts the cameras.
2: The journalist in me will say that the, I'll be told in South Sydney he needs to talk, he needs to address it, but there'll also, there'll also be a chain of thought that he let this let this die down a bit. Let it, let would, it yeah. give it some oxygen
1: and see so when everyone calms down. I don't think there's any need for Luttrell to speak on it anymore. There's nothing he could come out and say that is not gonna divide opinion. He could just let it rest, yeah. But well, it's nothing, no,
0: nothing ever rests in this game. So he speaks I, in six we'll, months. That's, we'll move what, on to the final you know We'll get distracted.
1: If if, why do it twice? If he speaks now, it's going to dominate the next week. And then the next time Roosters play South, it's going to be brought up all week. Or just rip it off, band-aid once every time. Yeah, the next time H-
2: he will want to come out and apologise to Joey Manu that's the main but
1: that, I reckon he's already apologised oh he me.
2: sent him a message straight away I'm not sure if the correspondence was reciprocated I imagine it would have and we saw Joey Manu's dad today in the Sydney Morning Herald saying he's really concerned for, for Latrell Mitchell which was nice to see the care they are very close whether he comes out publicly and, and says he's sorry is another story altogether
0: ok as I said we want to know how this affects South Sydney so Wayne Bennett out of Reynolds is their farewell out of Redfern their dream farewell out of Redfern gone <sighs>
2: Depends on, depends on whether Melbourne and Penrith hit their straps because they, they're not quite where they were at the middle of the year. If, if they go to the level we expect them, I don't think Latrell, Mitchell, being there or not being there would have impacted on the grand final teams. However, if, if Penrith continue to struggle, and, and by struggle it's a... It's a, it's a you use that word loosely because they're still pretty good, a pretty good football team, then South Sydney are in with a chance. Do you agree, Sowie? Did you say Penrith struggle? You know what I'm talking about. They, they, they look a little bit clunky. They had. What, oh, did they, they look? Did they look good yesterday they, against the West? Did you watch Tigers? the
1: game when they played South? I
2: just they said had the, two gears left. Uh, yeah, I know. They exactly. ready for the finals. Okay. They're fine, Penrith. Okay. Okay. Did you watch uh, it against
1: yes, the Tigers? Yes, it, it, ru- it did ruin their slight slimmest chance they had. I, I put a line through them already, started to erase it a little bit, but I didn't see enough against Penrith. For me, they looked like they'd run out of gas in terms of the forward pack. The younger forward pack for Penrith ended up running over top of them and is at the top of his game. So the only hope they have is if... Cw Cody Walker just goes absolutely berserk the next month and just tears the competition up, which he can do. He can
0: do. All right, as one team appears to exit the Premiership race, perhaps another one has re-entered it. Parramatta upsetting Storm on Saturday night. Are the Eels a genuine contender once again?
1: Uh, No, I don't think so. Um, We're not going to learn much this week with the last week and uh, jostling for position and stuff like that. I had more I came out of that game for Parramatta with more questions than than answers about what they've been doing. They've put Mitchell Moses back on the right hand side, Dylan Brown back on the left. That's the best game Dylan Brown's played all year. He ran the ball, he was taking short sides, he was able to come up with some really big plays. He looked enthusiastic and energetic on that left-hand side. He looked really, really happy. Moses, last play option still a little bit dicey on the weekend, but that was the most in sync that this nine, seven, six, and one have looked pretty much all year and it's because they've gone back to their normal side so I am um, find myself chemist, wondering why this didn't happen earlier and where was this desperation when their backs were against the wall like this has yeah. come
2: too late for me It's a fair point and the other thing that people have been saying over the last few months is the roster's not good enough well we just saw the roster's good enough they might not have the superstar they, well they don't have the out and out superstar but it's still a pretty good football team with a lot of talent across the park. Yeah, but so defensively, day,
1: defensively that, that play right there from Dylan Brown, this is what... Like, look at this. They've been coming up and in. They've been making their own decisions on an edge. On the weekend, they scrambled like, boys, this is the game to get into the grand final. Now, it may not be anything. And I don't think... You know, if they come up against, in a couple of weeks, and they come up against the Raiders side, I still think that they're vulnerable. But... I just don't know where this has been. Like, you don't just flick the switch like that. Well, it shows they care, right? Because
2: if they didn't, they would have. But where was it a month ago? Yeah, but it's, a, lo- it's a long, long season. It's a long champion. season. I know it's a long season. Okay. Right, so, what you, you, so what do you ask me for? Well, what I'm saying done? is,
1: what I'm saying is, how were they able to put that performance in when it was a month too late? Because they've been bashed, they for, a a f- been they bashed a for a month. They've been bashed for a month. They a to set themselves up to have a real crack at this. I had them in the conversation up until six weeks ago.
0: Why? Why don't you have confidence that they can make? this?
1: Because I've over the last eight weeks I've seen it once. I've seen that desperation once. We didn't see it against Manly. They conceded 50 points and we know that we all know, in the, everyone in the media knows the stat around the 50 points. Plus they haven't got their combinations right. The only slimmer, slight little bit of hope if Cody Walker's south is they've got Dylan Brown and Mitchell Moses playing on the right side. But why did it take 23 rounds? There's something something's missed there. They've missed the missed the boat there by switching those guys' sides and they look comfortable in the weekend. They looked happy.
0: Mm.
2: This is a side that's won what won two games out of the last eight, and that's the happiest they looked on the weekend. I, I don't think you can just say they've switched sides. Like their, their defence was disgusting the last few months, the last six weeks. Is so that the best that they've It's ever an attacked. attitude thing. Yeah, the best that they've it's attacked. Not an it's an attitude also, thing. Is you that you the just best? said it was. Where has it been the for the last eight yeah, weeks? Where,
1: where has it been? It's Is an attitude thing? thing. Is that the best that they've attacked? Okay. Yes. Right. It's because Moses on the right-hand side. Yeah, defensively it works as well because you've got a a talker over here and where they've been getting exposed on the right-hand side, Mitchell Moses, taking control.
0: And you've got left-hand side, Dylan Brown.
1: Does Michael Cebo's
2: omission mean anything as well? Mm, No.
0: Well, in round two, Michael Sivo was the man of the match against the Storm. They've beaten them twice now. But anyway, we've got to move on. Does Brad Arthur change his approach? Is talking might rest eight players this week against the Panthers. But surely if you beat the Storm, you beat the Panthers leading into a final series where everyone's doubting you, you take in a lot of momentum.
2: Yeah, I, I think they, they've had a plan two weeks out that they're going to rest them and I think they'll stick with that plan. You're right though, there's, there's, some, there's a, a validity in thinking that we need to keep this momentum going. But I, from my understanding, Parramatta are going to stick to the plan and rest some players. Rest them, And you know the other thing that worked really well for them?
1: Bryce Cartwright coming on a little bit earlier. Just that little bit of ball movement like the great te- or like the good teams have with uh, Isaiah Yeo, Cameron Murray. He came on just to provide a little bit of width to be able to spread them out. Instead of trying to play that bash and barge game and offload, they actually had a little bit of ball movement.
0: It was good. This time last year, the Panthers didn't suffer the loss that many critics and experts say they needed to to go on and win the grand final. So is this the loss the Storm needed given their dominance throughout the year? Uh, yeah, I think they look like they've had a heavy workload at training, which the teams do.
1: You know, this is taper off period now, the next couple of weeks, and you go into games sometimes a little bit tired. The only thing that, the concern for me, boys, when I watch Melbourne Storm, they do have a tendency to start a little bit slow. They didn't have this last year. They had Cameron Smith there. If they were up against it the first five minutes, he could wrestle it back really, really quickly. The last month, against the Titans, you know, they've had opportunities where they've to blow teams out, and they've started really, really sloppily and slow. And it's, they've had to wait the half time, and you could see the players going, Oh man, when we go into half time, we know we're going to get a rocket. Whereas last year, they seemed like Cameron Smith could coach them on the run.
2: Pappenhausen Nico Hines debate, where do you sit? Who, who starts in the finals?
1: Uh, well, it'd be easy to say go with a hot hand and start Nico Hines, but I, I think he'll start with Pappenhausen, and Nico Hines will come off the bench. And the other thing that they didn't get right on the weekend is. Brandon Smith has to start as your nine. I said he's the best hooker in the world, and I still believe that. He has to start as your number nine. Where does that push Nico Hines uh, in terms of if he's going to come off the bench? I'll have to wait and see, because they can't carry both of them. What are Melbourne's rivals? Nico may miss out altogether. Yeah. Like that's, 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 a, that's a reality. Like, Asofa Solomona, Kamakamitha, you know, those does, guys come off the bench. Does the fact Harry that Grant,
2: Nico's leaving play into your consideration at all?
0: No, and it won't Craig Bellamy. What did Melbourne's rivals learn from Parramatta's performance? Have they uncovered the blueprint to beat the Storm? Um, I don't know if it's so much of a blueprint, but Parramatta were disciplined
1: and they kicked early. They turned that big Melbourne pack around and and made them come off their own end. and They took their opportunities. They didn't second-guess their play. If you're going to beat Melbourne, you have to chance your arm a little bit and trust that you've, you've done the work and, and read the play. That first try to Ferguson, the pass, was all instinct in terms of what they've watched during the week and just around the pass.
0: OK, finally, one-word answers. Who's your favourite? Melbourne? Penrith? Melbourne. Penrith. Ooh, I love it, I love it. All right, three months after Brett Morris announced his retirement from the NRL, his brother Josh has today announced that he will also call it a day. 320 games plus in the NRL, 15 appearances for his state and six tests for Australia. Let's hear from the retiring rooster.
3: To, uh, to Brett, um, my best mate. Um, we've literally been on this journey together from the start. Um, you know, uh, I wouldn't be half the player I am. and no, I would be nowhere near the player I am without you uh, are pushing me um, you know spending time apart from each other, uh, different clubs just pushed us to, to high heights. Um, we we're able to play for Australia together for New South Wales together but I'll be forever grateful uh, for and uh, I love you mate.
0: All right, Josh Morris, he becomes the fourth big-name Rooster to retire this season. Sowie, you were lucky enough to play alongside Brett, who you said was the best winger that you've ever seen. You played alongside Josh. Where does he rank in terms of centres you've played alongside? Oh, one of the best. Yeah, Defensively, I think... You know, Matt Cooper's
1: probably the best centre that I've played with and then you look at Bo Scott who sacrificed the back row to pretty much do all my work but you know, Josh Morris is right there and, and I only played for a little bit with him at the Dragons but his ability to be able to read the play and, and come up with the big moments you know, going to the Bulldogs I think really you know, ignited something in him, he wanted to prove a point but every time he put on a rep jersey whether it be for Australia or New South Wales he was easily one of their best players, their most consistent players, that's why he was able to have longevity in the game.
0: Michael, both brothers have ambitions to be coaches, we've seen the Walker brothers do it in the Queensland Cup but can you one day see Brett and Josh teaming up to be the ultimate NRL coaching duo? it would be a
2: special story. But but yeah, you'd like to see it, I, I wonder who the good cop, bad cop is, you got to have a good cop in it, knowing them so well, who's the good cop in the uh world? Brett. Yeah? I think, yeah. It's Josh, he's he's, he's Josh's retirement day, at least be nice to the bloke. <laughs> Let him be good cop. I don't
1: know. I, I don't know. I haven't spent time with them for a long time. But they've, they've definitely, I think they've matured. You know, I spoke this about Brett. They've both matured a lot since they've gone to the Roosters. I reckon they've uh, expanded their knowledge of the game by being at such a successful club. So you could see them
2: potentially coaching together. Michael, agree? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'd, yeah, I yeah. I agree.
0: Okay, leave it there. (laughs) All right, the Raiders would love to be part of their third straight final series and they've received a a boost, rather, on the eve of the finals. Jordan Rapiner has re-signed with the club for a further two seasons and we're lucky enough to be joined by Jordan right now. Jordan, thanks so much for joining us on Inside the NRL.
3: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: So you're up in Queensland. You're a Queensland boy. So tell me why have you recommitted to the Raiders for the next two seasons?
3: Oh, I love it down there, man. Well, obviously I'm up in up in Gold are <laughs> speaking, but I, I love it down in uh, in Canberra. It's become a my home away from home. Uh, my wife's from there, and um, yeah, I've spent the last seven years there, and you know, it's really grown on me. And um, but uh, as a team and a, as a squad, it's uh, I've got something special there. And you uh, obviously this year, uh, there's been some. Close games that we've lost, and we're not where we want to be on the ladder. But uh, I still believe that there's uh, something building here, and uh, I want to be a part of it.
1: Jordan, you've obviously moved around a little bit throughout the year. You've played fullback the last couple of weeks with CNK coming back, but Simonson, Sebastian, Chris, Tomoko. Where do you see your position in this squad? Is it fullback? Is it on the wing? Where would you like to play?
3: Um, anywhere in the uh, anywhere in the seventeen, eh? Um, uh, you know, probably the last couple of years I've, I've filled in, uh, like you said, in fullback. Last year I, I covered um, in that centre there for, for quite some time when we had some injuries there and played off the bench in, in the back row. So um, I'm happy to put my hand up wherever uh, Stick needs me. But um, in terms of my favourite and preferred positions, definitely on the wing. Um, so, yeah, as long as I can uh, keep continuing to uh, do a job for the club Um, on the wing then yeah that's my position.
2: Jordan in the middle of the season when George Williams left the club a lot of talk externally about the culture of the place where the players were unhappy happy with Ricky Stewart what's changed because it seems as though at some point in the year the boys got together and thought you know enough's enough we need to play the way that people expect of us.
3: Yeah uh, um, you know there there was obviously uh, one of the games that stand out to me was the, um, the Titans game midway through the season where we got uh, 40 un- unanswered points uh, put on us. And, and this is nothing to take away from the Titans. You know, they're, they're a good quality team, but at the time they were in the bottom eight. And um, yeah, it, was a bit, yeah, it was a bit of a kick in the face for us. And, um, you know, I know that as a team, we, we, we give our uh, efforts every single, every single uh, week. And uh, it was just poor execution uh, that was letting us down in, in areas of our game. And, um, yeah, we, we addressed that and uh, we really took that loss to heart um, and obviously came out the next week and um, I think it was the Dragons we got, got a win and then kind of just snowballed effect into the Sharks and to Parramatta and, um, yeah, we just needed that one little win just to give us the confidence and um, as we knew we, we have such a strong team and uh, we have such good players that uh, can win big games.
0: Jordan, one of the great modern-day rivalries is the Raiders against the Roosters. Uh, Thursday night, so much on the line. Your finals hopes go on the line. You beat them in the semi-final last year when you were underdogs. What gives you the confidence that you can get the job done this week and ensure yourselves of a shot in the top eight?
3: Oh, just uh, pretty much what I touched on before. You know, we have a quality team and uh, where we are on the ladder, I believe, uh, doesn't show uh, the team that we, we actually are. You know, we... We lost probably maybe five or six games this year uh, by less than two points. So, you know, you, you win those games, you're, you're fighting for a top four spot. So, um, you know, I do believe we're strong contenders. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate for what happened with Joey and uh, Takiaho. But, you know, it's a big bonus for us, uh, They're quality players. And them being out is, um, yeah, a massive boost for us.
1: Jordan, talk to me about the role that Jack Whiten's taken with no halfback this year or no consistent halfback this year. He's really stood up the last couple of weeks. You must be impressed with how he's leading the side.
3: Yeah, Jack's a massive leader for us. Um, when he's on, uh, it's you know just uh, spreads like wildfire through the uh, through the team. So um, you know his strength too for Jack is his running and his defense, and when he gets that right. Um, we all just feed feed off that with uh, with his energy, so it's been been awesome to see him back to his best. And um, I know he'll kill it this week too.
2: Jordan, when you re- retire one day, when we look back at your highlights, a lot of those will feature Joey Lalua on uh, on your inside. I just want to ask about your old friend, your old partner there out wide. It looks like his time in the NRL is, is drawing to a close, and his uh, time with the West Tigers hasn't gone gone to script. What do you say that the clubs out there looking at BJ Leilua? Is his time in the NRL done? How do, you, how do you get the best out of him?
3: Um, yeah, I, I miss my big mate, beach uh, You know, he's a, he, he's a great bloke, and I know a lot of people um, have their perception of him and and whatnot. But I, I love to follow dearly, and um, he's become one of my best mates uh, through footy. And um, you know, to answer your question, I really don't know the, the answer to that. Uh, I think you know, you probably need to ask BJ that. It, You know, yeah, it's it's more if BJ gets his head right and um, his mental state right, then you know he can be one of the best, most dangerous centers in the competition, and he showed that before. But uh, yeah, I think for BJ, it's just his consistency in doing that. And um, but I still believe that um, he's got plenty of football ahead of him, and um, I think Sticky probably was out of the clubs that he's been to has probably handled him. Um, or, you know, uh, worked with BJ the best that um, any coach has and that's probably why he had um, the success that he had here and, um, yeah, I I wouldn't like to see BJ hang the boots up because I know that he's he's got plenty left ahead of him and, um, yeah, I don't
0: know. Yeah, hopefully we we, uh, see... Uh, BJ Lalua, refined a form that uh, he had alongside you down in the nation's capital but it's time for you to focus on the Roosters this week best of luck on Thursday night congratulations on the new deal and uh, thanks for joining us on Inside the NRL
3: no worries thanks guys thanks for having me just quickly on BJ do you
0: what are your thoughts on where he'll end up?
2: Yeah, there's not a lot of love for, for BJ at the moment, unfortunately. Uh, his time at the West Tigers hasn't gone to plan, given the chance there by Michael Maguire. And, and Jordan touched on the situation. I, I think it comes down to the right coach, right right environment. We saw under Wayne Bennett at the Knights, he, he showed glimpses of, of what he's capable of, went to the Raiders and, and was sensational inside of... Jordan Rapana. So, interesting to see if he gets another gig, but at this stage, not looking not looking good.
0: All right, we've got to move on. It's time for this week's casualty Ward brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. And as we know, Joey Manu's season is over thanks to that Latrell Mitchell high shot. Manu will return next year after undergoing successful facial reconstruction surgery in Brisbane. His Roosters teammate Siwa Torkayaho has been cleared of any serious damage. Like Torkayaho, Adam Reynolds left the field with a knee injury on Friday night before later returning. The South Skipper is set to be rested this week. Storm winger Josh Adokar needs scans on his hamstring. While Eel's captain, Clint Gutherson, is set to miss his first NRL match through injury since 2018 after copying a knock to his knee against Melbourne. Sean Lane and Murata near Coleray both failed HIAs against the Storm and need to pass concussion protocols to face Penrith. Joe Tarpany hopes he'll overcome a knee injury before Thursday night's must-win match against the Roosters. The same goes for Bailey Simonson, who has a groin injury. Titans co-captain Kevin Proctor has an AC joint problem and will be monitored this week. Chad Townsend's time in a Warriors jersey appears over after his ongoing shoulder injury forced him off against the Raiders. Sadly, Matt Dury suffered the dreaded ACL injury, so we won't see him until mid-next year. The news is better for West Tigers back rower Alex Safarth, who avoided any serious damage to the knee injury he returned from in round 24. Alright, it's time now for Hit or Miss. It's time to take a look at the NRL ladder for the final time heading into the last round of the competition. The good news is the race for the top eight is still on. As you can see, we've cut the ladder down to ten as the Raiders and Titans are the only two teams that can force their way into the top eight. Seventh is isn't uh, is settled. rather, The Knights will remain there no matter what. Fourth spot is still up for grabs. The Storm, they could be minor premiers for a fourth time in six years if they win on the weekend. Let's look at the matches that matter this weekend. We'll know before 8pm Friday if the Raiders will be playing finals footy. Realistically, if Canberra are to scrape into the top eight, they need to beat the Roosters and have the Sharks lose to the Storm. The Eels will be rooting for the Raiders and Cowboys and hope they beat the Panthers... Uh, to keep their top four hopes alive. The Titans, meanwhile, need the Raiders and Sharks to lose and must make up a 23-point differential gap on Cronulla to pull off a mini-miracle.
2: Michael? What's the question? You put
0: your your pen up. No, it's coming now. All right, so there will be no changes to (laughs) the top eight. Sowie. Miss.
2: Raiders.
1: They'll get in there. They're in. They're in.
2: I'm going to go hit. I think the Sharks, with a store, arrested storm side, will get the job done and, and book their spot in the eight. That
0: would be a massive victory for them. Huge.
2: Huge. I, these teams are just playing for one. For well, give them what, yeah, what they've been through, sec- though. Like, Josh... 100%. John Morris earlier this year left oh, I mean, in the scheme of things. I thought you made But you're saying it's a huge win against an arrested Storm team. You know what? It's a, that be, it's a
1: massive. Like, I've been very impressed with Braden Trindle. Huge game for him. If he
0: can get it done in the clutch, he may start at the seven next year. All right. There are concerns teams' resting players could have a bearing, as these guys just said, on another team's finals chances. So the NRL should introduce a pre finals buy, Michael.
2: Uh, I'm going to say hit I like it I like it I- I'm not very passionate about it but I don't mind the idea that you've put forward here uh, I think that yeah a lot of guys come into the semi-finals underdone let's get our best players feeling fresh fit and firing but I don't know what you're going to do to fill our weekends if you're going to give us a week off though what are you going to do maybe a nice tournament oh, for, for the teams no. that miss out I'm sure they'll be thrilled after a mad Monday so how we <laughs> <Zoe. laughs> <laughs>
1: Miss uh, I've been an advocate for years I think you need a week off before the grand final have a super bowl type build up two weeks going in play the all-stars game then so you don't have no footy that weekend um, and unless you're going to have state of origin standalone for three weeks you can't have a bye at the end of the year you know, to reward those players
0: if you have a week off before the grand final though you don't fix the issue of teams resting players in round 25 doesn't work wa- I don't care about that
2: he do- doesn't think logic he nah, just wants about the grand the final. argue with me
0: that's right <laughs> Mitchell Pearce will be at the Newcastle Knights in 2022. He's contracted there next year, shall we?
1: Yeah, I don't see why they would move on. They've got a chance to get it right. Now Clifford's been a yeah, good buy in the off-season together. They may yeah, further that combination. But yeah, I think with Saifidi next year, look, they've underachieved this year, the Newcastle Knights, even though they've finished seventh. Um, their style of play, they're minus 130, so they can't defend or stop anyone. So, um, But yeah, I can't see why he would move on.
2: Uh, I'm not convinced. I'm going to say miss. Uh, Look, Mitchell Pearce is happy at Newcastle. He's got one more year to run there. And if you ask Mitchell Pearce, I'm sure he'd want to finish his career at the Knights. Now, whether that happens or not is going to determine on what happens November 1, because clubs are circling for Mitchell Pearce. I wrote today, the West Tigers have the idea about chasing him as a potential half alongside Luke Brooks. The Raiders are looking at him. The Dogs are looking at him. Why would the Tigers get him and play two halves together?
1: What? Why would they play two Luke halfbacks together?
2: Well, there's, there's there's a feeling that Luke Brooks is maybe better served to being number six. Take away the uh, the manager. If they haven't worked that out by now, that what, is do you agree that's the right the right well, way? If you, if he's not your seven, what moving him out of position doesn't fix anything. Well, he's clearly not thriving at the moment under the system that's there. So anyway, you've hijacked my answer. Uh, what was I saying? You're saying I'm saying that Mitchell Pearce. Yeah. So if November one, he gets an offer to go somewhere else in 2023, then he'll go to the Knights and say, look, guys. What's going on? Do you want me or not long term? And they've got a decision to make because Caelan got a six potentially, and then they got Jake Clifford on a couple more years. So, some decisions to be made.
0: There's been talk about a Pierce move to Catalans in the Super League. Surely he's too not ready for that yet. No. They're interested. I don't know if Mitchell's. Really a lot of clubs would be interested.
1: Yeah. Experienced halfback, game management, a lot of teams. The killer over is that, it, surely. He's
2: still up. I'd say he's still in the top five halfbacks in the comp.
1: Don't be surprised if the Raiders. The
0: Raiders are a a good half-back away from being back on the map. The Ricky Stewart influence, perhaps. Mm. Mm. Alright, uh, if two bids need to merge, then Redcliffe should get the
2: next NRL licence. Michael? Uh, miss, I, I don't... Look, by the time they, this team comes in, whether they're merged or not, we're not going to know. They're going to be the Brisbane whatever they are, so... The Brisbane, whatever, well, they they that's to, That's really what they're, The Firehawks and the Jets, they, they, there's a little bit of uh, back and forth fire about jets. what they're going to be called. The fire jets, the Jethawks, whatever you want to call them. Maybe they can sign James Roberts. Um, then it doesn't matter whether they have to uh, merge or not. It's irrelevant. Whoever's got the strongest bid gets in. And if those two merging gets them in pole position, then so be it.
1: Yeah, hit for me um, after Chamis babbled on there for a bit. I love Redcliffe at the moment. What they're putting on, the shows they're putting on, the stadium there, it'll be packed every single week. Good place to to visit as well. I think Redcliffe should get it.
0: All right, finally, Nathan Cleary is fast becoming one of the game's best playmakers. If not, he is the best. Here's what Andrew Johns had to say about Nathan Cleary's potential.
1: I hope he goes through his career injury-free, and if he does that, I believe he'll be right up there. You know, I think he probably will go past a lot of things I did. He's creating more... He's taking the line on more. So he's very close to being the complete halfback at a very young age. So, yeah, I think he's well on his way.
0: So Nathan Cleary will be the best number seven the game has ever seen, Jamie Soward. Oh, miss for
1: me. Joey and Jonathan Thurston. Yeah, they're, it's going to... I'm an American sports fan. You know, I think at the end of the day... It's going to come down to titles. You know, if he gets if he gets a title this year and, and he's able to win another, like grand finals are hard to win. So you know, he's had a chance already. If he's able to get one or two, then you know, the conversation. But it's a hard conversation to have right now. Uh, knowing that he's so
0: young as well. But when, when Andrew Johns, arguably the greatest ever... Well, Joey's not going as, to say I'm the greatest <laughs> ever. And, no, no, <laughs> I guess got You do! But when, <laughs> when, the, when, when those words come
1: out of Joey's mouth... Oh, yeah, up, they mean listen. something. Yeah, that, that's stock in that. But I'm just saying, it's, it's hard now. John Thurston's bloody good. Jo- you, Andrew Johns is bloody good. If
2: you actually look at the numbers of the same age and what they've achieved, Nathan's ahead of... The James game's here.
1: completely different. Yeah, I'm,
2: yeah, I understand, yeah. but that, that he's, he's he's tracking that way. I'm going to say miss as well. I don't. I think it's disrespectful to J T and to Joey to say hit, but he's tracking at a very good level. I, I, he'd be in the conversation if he continues the way he is. The one thing I'll say about Joey is that he revolutionised the way
0: halfbacks play the game. Well, Cleary's, so
1: yeah, clearly he's on, on track to do that. He's like Joey said. He's almost a complete halfback. He he's, runs. He's strong defensively, like Joey was.
2: His kicking game's probably the best in the competition at the moment. Is he looking better because there aren't many good sevens out there? Like, is his value in competition? There's not... How do I say this
1: without... The the quality of sevens at the moment isn't as strong as what it has been previously. Yeah. The last generation. Yeah, JT was playing against Cooper Cronk. Yeah. Yeah. Now, clearly, he's he's streets ahead with probably DCA and Adam Reynolds. They're the top
0: three, so... Okay. All right, well... uh, and Jerome Hughes, sorry. Yeah, Jerome, Hughes. Big Jerome player, Hughes. One of the most improved players in the NRL this year. It's now, now time for your champ and chump.
1: Yeah, champ this week. Uh, do you want to do champ or you know chump say first? You
0: champed Michael Lealer in the show.
1: He did. Did I? Big, big moment. He yeah. big, big, did didn't you just champ me. He now champion. Me champion. champion. Oh, oh, did I? Yeah. lack anyway. of respect. Uh, what do I want to do first? Champ or chump? Let's go champ. Okay, champ this week uh, is one of my man crushers, uh, Bud Sullivan, Jade Sullivan, giving himself a high five. Now, quick reaction here from the little fella because... He realises, it yeah, gets brushed there by Jack DeBellin and just realises, you know what, I'll make inside the NRL and uh, give myself a high five. So, good kid. And i tell you what, he's making a real go of it at the number nine role as well. He's been impressive. Even though they've lost
2: the last couple, he's been good. Good yep.
0: kid. Career highlight so far. Anyway, moving on. Uh, yeah, chump this
2: week. week. A, lot of, a lot, of, uh, lot of talent to work with. There's some good kids coming in that Dragons. He's thing. off contract November 1. Mm. Well,
1: available. Yeah. However November that worked. Uh, yeah, my chump this week is Joe Stimson, uh, the hair pull. Now, Marty Tepow is a friend of mine, a uh, Sydney Kings follower. You can't be doing that to the big fella, and I wouldn't be doing it too many times either because have a look at the pipes and the legs on that. I don't know if you want to be doing that, so Joe Stimson, chump.
0: <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't go with Moses Soorley for throwing Josh Schuster's phone in the oh, water because I thought, I thought, I thought was to funny. myself, if that's a joke, if, if that is a joke, I don't see the funny side of it. I, I love think it, it's funny. I thought it was ruthless, and I'm kind of into that stuff, so... <laughs> Michael, protect your phone, alright? A lot of good contacts in that. Uh, And remember, round 25 is the final round for you to get involved with NRL Pick'em. And that means there's one final chance of winning 100 grand. Last week, six winners claimed more than $16,000 each after correctly picking four margins in round 24. To win, head to nrl.com slash pick'em and correctly select the margins for the following four games. You can see them on screen there. Eels, Panthers, Knights, Broncos, Titans, Warriors, West Tigers, Bulldogs. I'm going to live and say no one gets anywhere near that this weekend. Okay. And there will be plenty of interest in the team list that drop tomorrow at 4pm. You can get them first on NRL Teams with Neve Allen's, Brett Kamali and Robbie Farrar at 3.55pm. Uh, the teams are in at 4 o'clock. Gents, bring on the final round of footy. Eight games, I'm going to sit back and watch every single one of them because there's nothing else to do at the moment.
2: <laughs> New South Wales, our lucky Queensland viewers. Yeah, get out there. It. It.
0: Yeah. yeah, Michael, you're looking great. Good to see you. <laughs> Thank you, Zachary. And Jamie, keep champion. All right, thanks for joining us for Inside the NRL. We'll see you next Monday.